0: It's Carcon con
1: carne, let's eat in the car. It's car con carne, and now here's the star of our show,
2: James Van This is big time. It <laughs> <laughs> You know, when you're sitting in a car on Lincoln Avenue, that's big time.
0: That's, yeah, you still got that clap going. <laughs> and I've got the clap going, which is another problem. <laughs> this is so right, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I immediately regretted that sentence. <laughs> I know. And I, and I immediately regretted taking
2: that. I'm just getting it now. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're on Lincoln Avenue. We're in Lincoln Park. This is Carcun Carne. This is my podcast. I'm James Van Osdell. Joined tonight by the man on the right, who is Dan Doherty. He is a cartoonist. He's also an accomplished Musician. We'll get to his new music in a second. In the back seat, he is the owner of Yvette's, and all too well in Lincoln Park, Yvette's elsewhere as well. He is Mitchell Abu, Jemra. Yep. <laughs> uh, he is in the back seat, and I don't even want to talk. I don't. I don't have anything to say <laughs> because Mitchell has with him a bag of food that that is fresh. It is hot. It it is. It has just been prepared from Yvette's. Let's start there. Let's start with food. Mm-hmm. Dan, I mean, you're dying too, right? If,
0: if this camera had smell vision <laughs> these people would be yeah. finding us on Lincoln Avenue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, All right, yeah, so yeah.
1: let's start with Yvette's. Yvette's, who is Yvette? So Yvette's my uh, teta. Teta means grandma in Lebanese culture. Teta's grandma, Jado is grandpa. Um, so I named it after her. She's the matriarch of the family, was. Uh, so yeah, Yvette. E-V-E-T-T-E, not with a Y and the place is modeled after her her, her living room
0: that's a, that's a really
1: cool her living room in some cultural kind of takes on it right so she spent a lot of time in her her youth in cuba uh and then she came from cuba to lebanon lebanon to michigan so and that's there's a lot of wicker in there because that's what mm-hmm. she had when she came over in the 70s and 80s and there's some bright colors that represent the cuban culture and so there's a there's a lot of and obviously the Mexican culture because there's a little bit of Mexican food twisted in there from mm-hmm. my time spending in Arizona with my dad so in Tucson Arizona so you know there's a lot of these cultures mixed together but yes the the, the majority of it and the living room and everything's kind of designed all based around her memories I have of her
2: I love that that's
1: really right. that's cool.
0: really cool did she have a cool Marshall uh, uh, speaker in there too no 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 that's your, that's <laughs> no your touch, yeah. no she
1: didn't I don't they had a TV. And so, she liked WWF a lot, so I don't know why I just I thought of that right now, but I did. She loved the WWF. She didn't speak very good English, so I don't know. Maybe the entertainment factor was what got her.
2: Yeah, you can learn English <laughs> from watching Bruno Sammartino and Bob Backlund <laughs> from back in the glory days. Um, what? How do you define Lebanese cuisine? What is Lebanese cuisine?
1: I mean, it, it, most people now would know it as Mediterranean, right? And that's the the, the encompassing classification of it would be mediterranean but f- for me it's you know it's it's meat heavy and veg in in herb heavy mm-hmm. so that's the way i grew up now there's uh, there's other parts that are a lot more vegetarian like falafel for example but i never i didn't have falafel until i was in college i never knew what it was right so that's why you don't ha- serve falafel i wanted to stay true to what you know i was taught but also my family is a bunch of butchers, right? So third, fourth generation butchers. So that's where we, you know, most of our stuff comes from there. But a lot of it's defined by the spices and a lot of it's defined by the techniques and, you know, the classics. But
2: yeah. So growing up in a family of butchers, that means that you ate really well for not a lot of money. Correct. Because butchers know exactly how to make right. the most out of
1: every. And even back in, you know, the 80s and 90s, you know flank steak has quadrupled in price since the the 90s because everybody just wants fajitas now right same uh-huh. same with all kind of these other you know fancy what we consider fancy meats now right i mean the food history with with a lot of that stuff is, is really cool but yeah like the the take-home meats that we would get are now the expensive meats right it's crazy yeah
2: um so we're outside the lincoln lincoln park i don't want to hold this you in you bed.
1: yeah yeah i want <laughs> you guys to eat it I <laughs> hold. Oh, okay. what are, what are we at so here. this is the, th- this is probably the most popular I, uh, dish on there it is the super garlic feta fries. I'm smelling the garlic. Right. <laughs> so it is scoop fries that I was very, it took me a very long time to, to find these and yeah. request them. I wanted them, I kept on going to French fry vendors and telling them I wanted something that looks like Frito scoops, but not like um, potato skins. Okay. So that's what they came up with. So they're, they're like have wedges in them so you can oh. pick up the ingredients. Oh man! And the ingredients are um, za'atar, which is a spice, and I'll talk about, feta, parsley, Yvette sauce, and then za'atar mayonnaise. Um, Yvette sauce is like a, a confit or roasted garlic mixed with mayonnaise, lemon juice, and raw garlic.
0: Oh, my gosh. This
1: interview's over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: just focusing on this now. Right. Well,
2: Dan and I will not be making out tonight.
0: No. Well, I mean, we're, we're hitting the same sauce. mean right. What's the difference <laughs> Yeah. <anymore? laughs> I say, really, you're the only person that can make out with
1: tonight. <laughs> right. Yeah, the scoops was kind of what mm. defined, you know, a lot, a lot wow. of like kind of yeah. defined the menu and really did, uh, makes us unique. I think because you a, get loaded fries all over the time, but you just have to squeeze four or five them together, or you guys use a fork. And this I, is I just, just kind this of a, whole thing. Right.
2: I, oh, yeah. What's the sweetness I'm tasting in here?
1: The confit garlic. So the gar- we take garlic and put it in oil and let it sit there for uh, on the flat top for, like, four or five hours. And it mm-hmm. caramelizes. So it becomes sweet. Like, we can go to an Italian restaurant. And I got that from working at a, a French restaurant, actually. Bistro 110, which is a, mm, was around sure. for, like, 30 years. In, and in they River used North, to put roasted Bistro garlic, North. confit garlic, on every table with their
2: baguette. I actually remember... Like getting the roasted cloves, like yeah, yeah, spreading it on bread, yeah. Uh, This is delicious. This is stupid. Thank you.
0: The scoop is genius. Uh huh. Thanks. You know, scoop like well, it's shareable, right?
2: Which is lovely. Uh, The address of the Lincoln Park location: three fifty West Armitage. So, Yvette's opened up a year and a half ago. Yep, pretty much. And then you just opened, you you expanded. You have Mm -hmm. another location right next door. All too well. Yeah. What is that? Is that different from Yvette's?
1: That's my attack on Subway. It used to be a... Su- <laughs> <I don't see laughs> it used to be a Subway. I remember that movie. And, uh, yeah. and I, we, I mean, I, I pro- we probably didn't, obviously, but I, I would like to think that we closed them down because we got busy. And then corporate was renting it from my landlord, and then they couldn't find anybody to go in, so the corporate gave it up, and they asked me if I wanted it. So, I, obviously, I took it. It's two kitchens in one. I got it saves on costs and labor and everything, right. so... So I don't have to have two kitchens. I don't have to have two kitchen permits. I don't have to do all that stuff. So it's just one
2: one kitchen to rule them all. Well, and Yvette is your grandmother's living room. What is all too well?
1: More of a grocery, right? More of a grocery. And that's going back to the my, my. I guess you could probably say the male side of the family would be like the butcher side, right? They owned grocery stores and markets and um, shops and delis extending back to the 1920s and then my immediate family came over here in the late 70s or middle 70s and that's when they came over to to work for those grocery stores and then uncles opened their dad opened his grandpa jindo opened his and then jindo's brother opened his so like we all everyone had their own little market deli or butcher store and then this is just kind of my way of contributing to that and being a part of that right so that's why i called it all too well because it's you know we know that business all too well and then also the taylor Swift. Fucking song. Sorry, I can't swear. <laughs> that's cool, just shake it off. <laughs> I say this with all due respe- respect. This would be great hangover food. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, this area—that's what this place used to be. It used to be a hot dog stand. Mm, okay. And they did most of their business after oh, twelve really? o'clock when Stanley's closed and mm. Gamekeepers and Cedric's, but they're—they're they're all closed. So the idea is someday that they'll come back. And then like, when people got out, get out of the concert, right? The concert mm-hmm. venue.
2: Mm-hmm. It's funny because I went to Gary Newman at Park West like two weeks ago and I was running too late because I thought about running by I'm like I I need to stake my claim on my spot on the floor I just didn't have time to eat beforehand which is probably a good idea because I would have knocked people out with the garlic. Like, <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> you had a clear space though I mean, yeah, <laughs> I
2: mean that's kind of how you do it <laughs> that's the pro move yeah. that's right
1: oh man this is great Mitchell good and then I got tacos too because I wanted you guys to at least see the tacos because th- this location has tacos and they're tacos but they're you know oh you got gyro in your in your chair sorry uh, worst things have happened in this car, <laughs> believe me uh present for later so there's chicken gyro and halloumi tacos okay, If you guys want me- to share one or take take one each mm. um i tried to find a way to make it because so here's the history between lebanese people and mexican people so lebanese people migrated from lebanon went to mexico all over the place, right? My family went to Michigan. Some some of my family went to Australia. A lot of people went to France, right? But the people that went to Mexico brought shawarma with them. They brought shawarma everywhere they went. The Mexicans took shawarma and ran with it and turned it into what we know as El Pastor. It's okay. chicken that's chicken or steak that's been stacked up on a on a vertical spit and then spun around and it cooks from the outside in, right? And that's shawarma. And that's shawarma. Okay. El Pastor is pork marinated on a vertical spit. Mm-hmm. spins and cooks as it's you know spinning around. So they they call it El Pastor, AL Pastor. It's an it's a, they're paying tribute to the shepherds of Lebanon, right? That's why it's AL Pastor. This so, meat is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'll I don't mean to interrupt to you. The shepherds of Lebanon right now. <laughs> <laughs> so this is all of them get the same. They get whipped feta, which is basically just feta mixed with cream cheese and whipped. Cucumber yogurt um, and uh, tabbouleh radish, and onion, and a little bit of Aleppo pepper, which is like a Lebanese chili pepper. Oil. Well, the really gives it that really fresh taste. Right. right. So good. And I have to talk to the staff because tabbouleh has too much uh, bulgur in it, but whatever. Same. Oh, I love it. And and it worked work today. And the herbs in here are? Parsley. That's what I'm tasting. And just a ton of parsley. You can taste parsley. Sure. There's a little bit of um, green onion in there mm-hmm. and some cilantro to kind of make it a little okay. Mexican flair. Oh, man. Super really good. But, so there's chicken. And then the halloumi. Halloumi is kind of what we've become popular for. Um, it's very, really, really popular in, in, in England. So there's a lot of British people that come in here, specifically coming in here for halloumi. Really? And nobody knows about it here in the country. And I was looking for a, a protein substitute, not tofu, not falafel. And I stumbled upon halloumi about four or five years ago. And I've been waiting—that's that, a u- new word for me—waiting yeah. to use it. It's a cheese that's very specific to an island called Cyprus, and it's made everywhere else, but they kind of own it. And it's a, it's a really firm cheese, like feta, but when you f- fry it, put it on a flat top, it melts, but it holds its shape. So it is it is super unique, kind of like paneer, but even more sturdy and more like a really firm tofu. So that's like our vegetarian protein substitute. That's the one we've won all the kind of like a recognition for, at least.
2: There is so much going on with this taco. It's
0: it's a delight.
2: Well, there's there's that little bit of bite, which I'm assuming that's from the red onion, or is there
1: red onion? Yeah. Yeah. The heat, you mean, or just that the, the kind yep. of like red onion is probably part of it. Like that's kind of the pungent part mm-hmm. of it, and then the the Aleppo kind mm. of chili pepper, chili oil.
2: This is delicious. It's
1: amazing. Good. This is <laughs> somebody got Euro too, so you get you get a little Euro more Euro. So we got Euro plate and the one chicken plate. I don't know. So
2: here. is Euro, 11, I mean, I think when I think of Euro, it's Greek. No, it's Greek.
1: But, it is, you've but it's Midwest. It's very Midwest. <laughs> and that's where I grew up, right? That's what this this is. You know, first generation, first born in this country. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of us, right? Like, mm-hmm. And not even not first born. I'm lucky enough to be the first born. I take pride in that. But there's a lot of people that are just first born, first generation, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you see all these documentaries, um, you know, about especially Korean people and how they didn't want to bring their food to school and they were mocked and they were embarrassed and all this stuff. But now it's taken off, right? And there's all these cultures that, you know, we were embarrassed about our food to begin with. So we started to try to relate to it by mixing it with all the Midwestern food that we knew. So that's kind of what this is, right? Oh, there's napkins here. Sorry. Oh, are there? I have wet wipes. There you go. <laughs> if it
2: was in my car, I'd have wet wipes. <laughs> I missed doing this during the pandemic. The, the scramble for wet wipes, the, the, the spilling
1: hey man,
0: parsley down my shirt. I had two toddlers during that time. There's wet wipes everywhere. I mean, th-
2: this podcast has been going for like nine years, and for the first several years, my kids would always enjoy coming in the car the next morning, saying, Hmm, it smells like last night was Mexican food."
1: Yep, <laughs> yep. All right, here's the plates. Oh, my gosh. Chicken. Okay. You want to it? No, wait, let's, no that's, let's okay. that's mine. Guys. You guys, come on now. Oh, right. good, good. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to... You can't waste this. All right, so we have chicken somebody shawarma. Eat all this. Chicken shawarma. And gyro. Which... Um, oh, shit. I can't see that. This is the gyro. Okay. She said somebody ordered chicken, somebody ordered gyro. So there's the gyro. I figured...
2: I ordered for both of us. I figured... Oh, there you go. Oh.
1: Oh. Oh, hang on. Oh, boy. So the plate gets... Couscous salad, chicken, fries.
2: Couscous. Well, that chicken—so that's just carved right off the off, right the, off the spit. Yeah. Oh, my, oh
1: god. my god! So what's in this cool salad? So the couscous salad—that's you know—I grew up with rice. I didn't really taita made couscous before, but it, not a lot. She mainly made the Lebanese rice, which was really good. It Has like the ver- ver- vermicelli noodles in it, it's like fried raw noodles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But this was my take, and this is kind of my spin on it. It's got golden raisins dates, almonds, parsley. Oh, my God. Um, and, yeah, there's you guys' uh, oh, parsley and you know, a little bit of za'atar and um, sumac. And then the salad is our pretty salad. And I, I don't have anything else to call it, so I just call it pretty salad. Yeah, it is pretty. But it's a take on fattouche. Fatouche salad is traditional, like, sumac lemon oil, and that's all it is. The, the dressing is just sumac lemon oil, MSG, and salt. But the romaine, it's romaine lettuce pomegranate seeds is kind of the key in there feta and they kind of classics right like carrots tomatoes cucumbers but
2: there's just so much flavor in
0: this it's amazing oh my god do you mix it all or do you just kind
1: of eat it separate What do you? Uh, I eat it separate yeah Okay. I mean the chicken and the, the couscous is good together mm-hmm. and there's some fries underneath the chicken for two reasons one I just wanted to put a little bit of fries in there mainly just makes it look like there's more chicken <laughs> sure I'm <laughs> being honest
2: this euro Mm -hmm. just this tastes different and better than what i'm used to Mm -hmm. why why is this tasting different to me
1: so i spent a lot of time in the pandemic trying to find the right specs specs means like Mm -hmm. the different types of different brands right so i tasted i don't know 15 different euros Mm -hmm. specs and i didn't know if i wanted to do it on a spit and shave it myself or get it made for me and then I found this company called Devonco, and they just invested in this machine where they make giant batches of euro and they use a laser to shave it. And the laser goes around this huge thing of euro and shaves it, shaves it, shaves it. So every piece is perfect size, every piece is cut the right way. And the seasoning in it is exactly the season that we want in it. And the texture is what we want, right? So it does have a little bit of filling in there, but mm-hmm. it's the right filling that we want for the right texture we want. So it's a, a long time, three, four, five weeks of me trying to find these. And three, four, five weeks in the pandemic is like five months, regular time, <laughs> right? So, so, you know, it's, it's a place called Devonco. They're in the south suburbs, but um, just make a really good euro. And it's because of that giant laser because it gets it consistent every single time.
2: This is delicious. Tell me again about the, the sauce you have on top of
1: this. So the sauce that's on top of that one, the gyro, the is that cucumber yogurt mm-hmm. and then tahini. Okay. And tahini is, you know, sesame, basically sesame peanut butter. And we mix it with water and um, sumac. Sumac's, mm. sumac's a berry that is dried and ground, and it's kind of like tart in a way like lemon or lime is. So it adds that kind of, that kind of sensation without it being a liquid.
2: Well, that's just it. I mean, because when we eat euro in Chicago, we're used to that tzatziki sauce mm-hmm. and this is not this, Mm-mm. that's not this. This is a, a much more rich flavor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Does this have the same sauce that was mm-hmm. on the, yeah. the front? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It's really
1: good. Oh my Lord. I haven't had this euro in a minute because I've been over at Time Out Market and we don't have Euro at Time Out Market. Mm. It's really good. <laughs> I was, veg-
2: I was a vegetarian for a long time, like maybe 10 years, and one of my first things I did when I reverted back to being a carnivore was gyro. Mm-hmm. I think more than any other meat, that was what I missed the most. And so when I, when I dove back in, it was, you know, the pita with the gyro, the, mm-hmm. the white onions. Did you Love
0: become it. a carnivore again just for this show? No, no, no. Oh, no. no. <laughs> I was like, the timeline lines up. You said, Was that ten years
2: ago, and then this has been nine years? No, I, I was a vegetarian for like ten years, oh, but it four, wasn't ten years. years ago.
0: Okay, okay. We're well, not tonight.
2: Mm, no, <laughs> <laughs> hell no. This is great. Okay, so the other locations mm-hmm. are where?
1: We just moved into Timot Market, March sixteenth. Timot Market's, you know, the on, on, on Fulton Market. Right. So we got a downtown location, which is great. Lo- great location, is, yeah. It's awesome. No way I could afford it down there without the timeout market, right? Mm-hmm. Right. This stage. <laughs> so yeah, I opened up two restaurants in a month while running another restaurant. Wow, <laughs> it was crazy. Well, it is, and crazy. and I complain
2: about overbooking myself, right? Jeez.
1: And then we also we also run the kitchen at Spilt Milk, which is in um, Logan Square on California and Fullerton. There's the super garlic feta fries are on that menu, but everything else is kind of more bar food, right? Like we do mm-hmm. a we do a soft pretzel that's dipped in that za'atar spice um, and salt, so it's not just the salt on there. And a couple burgers and chicken poppers, stuff like that. Ooh, popcorn chicken.
2: I just got one of those raisins with the salad, and
1: mm-hmm. it's delicious. This is I mean, this
2: plate is just balanced. Yep.
0: This is my favorite episode of Carcom. That says Dan Doherty selfishly. Yeah, very much
2: so. It's the one that benefits you the most. I was gonna
0: say I don't even care if you interview me anymore. This is totally worth it. <laughs> oh, we still have to talk about your stuff. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> How am I gonna talk when I'm, I'm, you know, face full of food?
2: And here's the best news mm. of all: we're not done with those fries. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. The, the hits keep coming here. Oh, this, this is just fantastic, Mitchell. I, good. I'm glad. Thank you.
1: This is so good.
2: And I, I don't think it's what people would expect. No. I, I think it's way better than people would I expect. I think
1: they're expecting traditional Lebanese yeah. the most part. Or they know that, we, that we've that we we've gotten some Mexican publicity, right, from the mm-hmm. Mexican side of the menu with our tacos. So they're expecting more tacos, mm-hmm. right? And we do have traditional Mexican tacos. We have our steak um, in our El Paso store but those are and those are on corn tortillas but we kind of to make it our own since all the the food needed to travel when we opened Mm -hmm. we put a piece of um, american cheese in between the two tortillas keeps them moist and held together because like when you get tacos to go that sometimes that that corn when it's steamed and in that wrapper it gets um soggy and falls apart for sure well that piece of cheese keeps it together and keeps it nice and soft and adds like a of a quesadilla aspect to it, quesadilla mm-hmm. taco.
2: Wow. This is just delightful. I realize I have a podcast to do here, but oh my <laughs> God. Really, really nice nice job. Good. All right, so Yvette's is open until when?
1: Uh, 8 p.m. right now um, during the slower months, the colder months, a.k.a. Sure. And all too well is a
2: daytime operation. Mm-hmm. The hours there
1: are... Uh, 10 30 to 3 11 to 8 for this location for the events, and then time at market's 11 to 10 10 p.m downtown
2: so what would yvette think about all this
1: I, you know i if people ask that all the time and i've even asked some of my aunts right and i, I don't they, nobody has a real answer i think i think probably only judeau would know <laughs> she'd only tell judeau even no matter what, I mean, of course she's going to tell us that she's she'd be happy and proud. And mm-hmm. I mean, I know when I told my aunts, I asked my aunts if I could name it after her, and I know they all started crying. So Aww. it was really it was a sweet moment. That's incredible. I love but it. Because of COVID, they haven't they haven't been here. And my my mm-hmm. my you know they, one they didn't want they you know they're I'm not old but they're older right, right. in their sixties right sure. So you couldn't really travel from Michigan to here. One you just couldn't do it. You know, it wasn't safe. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, one one of my cousins had a kid, so then there was, so she's taking care of that. And so it's been bad timing. I'll I, be down here soon, but my dad's been down to kind of test everything to make sure. I mean, he knows, you know, f- thirty more years of Tata's food than right. I. Have.
2: <laughs> There's just so much flavor going on in this plate.
0: And I know where I'm taking my wife next time I come downtown. I mean, I'm gonna look super cool. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, hey, look. Trust well, and me, the, I've, got, I've got exquisite taste. <laughs> it literally like, is a block I... west
2: of Park West. Yeah. Or you know, yeah. if you're going to Lincoln Park Zoo. Yeah.
1: That's where we get yes. a lot of traffic. Oh my Lincoln God, Park yes. Zoo. Yeah. That's, Zoo that's lights. We get brilliant. really busy. hmm mm-hmm. And then the the, the the I really love it when people come in for after the um the Green City Market. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I got a whole new whole new group of people that I'm introducing events to downtown, right? For sure. Well,
2: well, and people like me who just haven't gone out for two years. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just catching up right now. This is great.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, it wasn't great that we had to open up during a pandemic, but, I mean, nobody else was, so we got a lot of publicity. Yeah. Well, and the right? fact
0: that you've done, you know, done well for yourself during a pandemic. Right. Is like, well, and you, you kind of
2: mentioned it. This, this neighborhood's gone through some transition. Stanley's isn't there. Gamekeepers isn't yeah, there. Right. I mean, you're kind of carrying the, the torch right now. Yeah. Food around. desert
1: is what everybody called it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never knew that's what people thought around here, but.
2: I mean, at this point, it's Yu Gay and Rinaldi's.
1: Right. Which, you're the affordable option. Right. You know, <laughs> with all kinds of deliciousness. Right. In Gemini. And Gemini's so popular, and, you know, they're, again, mm-hmm. not super affordable.
2: Mm hmm. Oh, my God. Okay.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: All right, so Dan Doherty, yeah. who's been gracious enough to eat all the food. Mm. All the food. Let's talk about you for a little bit. Oh, Dan Doherty is a returning guest mm. on Car Con Carne. Dan Doherty is a, a multi-talented person. He, I first came to know Dan Doherty because of his work as an illustrator on the Beardo strip, Touching Evil, which I'm a fan of, and uh, the Kickstarter contributor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did I fill out my survey?
0: Um, I hope I, I hope, hope I did. so. Oh, no, you asked the goofy questions. Some weird questions, yeah. Uh-huh. No, I know I filled that out. Good, 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 yeah.
2: mm-hmm. What were some of those uh, questions for the uh, um, fulfillment?
0: One was, uh, <laughs> if there was a reality TV show that you could make based on your life, mm-hmm. what would you call it? Uh, absurd Answers Only. Mm-hmm. And the other one was, if you could come back reincarnated as anything, what would it be and what would your name be? Mm-hmm. And then the third was uh, Multiple Choice. What's the greatest television show of all time? And it was... A Sopranos, B Sopranos, C Sopranos, D all of the above. <laughs> I came late to the Sopranos. That was better a, late than never. <clears throat> that was a late,
2: late in life discovery for I me. Mean, I knew of it, but um, I finally watched it like a year or two ago oh, in wow. its entirety. Loved it. The book, The Oral History of the Sopranos, which was pulled from the podcast episodes, mm-hmm. is fantastic. I have that book. I've, is, I've
0: listened to that whole series. It's great.
2: It's one of those books you could pick up on any page and just start reading. But I love that behind the scenes.
0: Oh, yeah. It, there's so many good stories. And there's actually, there are several books about Sopranos oh. that are really great. That's one of them. Um, uh, I think Woke Up This Morning is another one. That's the name of the oral history. No, um, uh, The Sopranos Sessions. <clears throat> Alan Seppenwall wrote it. And he was a, his his take is really cool because he was a critic for the show. There was a critic during the show's tenure and was one of the, I think, one of the critics that was really, like, advocating for it. So, yeah. Anyway.
2: By, by the way, for years when I started doing this show, I was very self-conscious about eating on microphone on camera.
0: Like, is it, is it just weird?
2: <clears throat> All bets are off. No.
0: It, this is like, this is like a episode of Hot Ones now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's uh, I might go into a food coma at some point. <laughs> right. So if you ask any questions and I black out, it's because the food was so good. So, Dan, I
2: like I said, I came to know you as a cartoonist, an illustrator, a graphic novelist. Then I realized, oh, shit, he's a great musician, too. Last time you were on, we talked about your album, Bad Ideas. Yep. Tonight, we're going to talking about your new release, your forthcoming release, Fun Times Ahead. Mm-hmm. And they are. Yeah. And I, I don't want to lose sight of the purpose, one of the motivating factors, one of the reasons you're here tonight. We'll get, we'll dig into the album a little bit. Explain why we're talking about this right now.
0: Yes. So, um, <clears throat> this was an album that I recorded with, uh, my, my primary band, but I, I brought in some great talent, uh, from the Joliet area. There's a huge, thriving music community in joliet right now uh some of my favorite acts come from joliet really oh yeah uh i need to get out there more you should i mean there's a bunch of venues um besides the Rialto. there's also oh, the forge yep yeah. and then there's um we play chicago street pub a lot there's a uh, drunken donut there's uh, oh yeah of course of course <clears throat> there's uh um elder brewing uh has a lot of really good mm-hmm. stuff happening there I need, um, I need to get back out there. Yeah, even and then their outdoor venues are really great, too. Um, but, uh, so some of the musicians that played, um, I had a horn section for the first time, and the saxophone player, Ellis Wright, um, just absolutely crushed the songs that he was on. Like, he was on five of the ten tracks, uh, is a phenomenal player, plays gigs a lot in the area, he's a full-time musician. We were really looking forward to having a little bit more at at gigs you know as a guest artist coming in and then right at the end of recording sessions in 2021 he got this diagnosis and it was uh colorectal cancer so he the good news is i I, you know i've talked to him um quite a bit you know he's he's been going through treatments Mm -hmm. he's been he's uh i think currently uh getting an operation right now um he's doing well he's a tough dude he's a he's a navy veteran i mean he's he's somebody who has just so much like soul and passion Mm -hmm. and um and is just super fun to be around so uh as a musician who plays all the time you know this has been setting him back a little bit on his, his usual workload so we're taking all of the proceeds from now until july 4th of any digital sales for the record and we're giving it to him and his wife
2: literally everything you make is going to him all of it yeah uh, you told me you were doing that and i that's so unbelievable because i know how much work goes into writing and recording
0: an album i like i like this idea more because it it just feels it feels it felt really good when we were talking about it like i talked about it with my band because you know it's like we had to make that decision together too mm-hmm. it's like you know we all got to be on board with it and i had to talk to him to about it too um but I just really love that idea because to be honest, like, um, you know, the music thing, it's not my primary job anyway. It's Right. So it's, it's something I love to do. I'm very passionate about, but it, it kind of feeds my soul in a way that all my other stuff doesn't do. Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't have been possible without the Joliet scene in general and with, without people like Ellis and all the guys around in that area. So anytime I can kind of, you know, help out that scene or help out my friends or anything like that. It's a pretty easy decision.
2: I love that. And again, the new release is Fun Times Ahead. When does that come out?
0: So I actually decided to just launch it today. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. I put it on. There this we go. This morning I put it on Bandcamp.
2: <laughs> so as of Wednesday, April 6th, it's out in the universe.
0: I made a decision and I went with it. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, uh, I, I actually, you know, we were trying to get it... Um, you know, mastered and finished and everything mm-hmm. and still do it right. I didn't want to rush anything either. And I, I, we definitely didn't. We took our time with it. Um, Bill Aldridge over at Third City Sound did an amazing job, as usual. Uh, it's my second time recording with him. But I was like, man, I'd love to be able to talk about this on Car Con Carne, and I'd love to be able to start this and have a 90-day window, which would end on 4th of July, which oh, I thought perfect. was kind of oh, awesome. Absolutely. So that's today. And so I was like, you know what? It all worked out, and then I got to come here and talk to you and have the most delicious food ever. <laughs>
1: It's good.
2: Yeah. So okay, Bandcamp. I love Bandcamp. I love, you know, the ethical way they treat artists. Yeah. Go to Bandcamp. Just Dan Doherty.
0: On Bandcamp. Yep. Yeah. No, it's, it's just my name. Um, you'll see on there uh, three albums. Uh, the the one that is uh, with Ellis is Fun Times Ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're interested too, there is Bad Ideas on there as mm-hmm. well, and my uh, old band on the Off Chance is mm-hmm. uh, White Shoes Black Waters on there as well.
2: I love it. So, buy cool music. Do it for a a wonderful cause, supporting a member of our community, a member of Dan's band, someone who, you know, fantastic musician. Let's talk a little bit about some of the songs people will hear.
0: Fair? Yeah. Yeah. So. I want your take on it because not too many people have heard this yet. (laughs) Ooh. Well, let's talk about
2: Shackled to the Drawing Board because you mentioned the horns. Yeah. And the horns are there. Uh, There are some jazzy...
0: Yeah, aspects to this, like a New Orleans kind of feel, right? Yes, yeah.
2: yes. You're putting words in my mouth. But, yes. <laughs> I won't. but shackled to the drawing board. I mentioned you're a cartoonist. Does this qualify as write what you know? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, is that feeling of you, you just you, you have to produce something? And it, it,
0: yeah, it's it's definitely one of those songs that um, is motivated by the the love hate relationship I have with you know, loving what it, it's that whole thing of like, when they say like, love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. I think it's the opposite. I think love what you do and you will work every day of your life. Right. You're looking <laughs> at it right yeah. now, right? Uh, yeah, we're, yeah. I mean, the hustle doesn't stop. The and, hustle never and stops. I try to make a fun song out of it. It's a, it's an upbeat song. It's not meant to be, uh, uh, you know, boohoo about having to be drawing all the time, but, but it is kind of saying like, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I believe I can do better. Um, uh, there, you know, one foot reaching for a ladder, one foot reaching for the top. You know, it's like, it's constantly talking about that, that thing of ambition and, and um, drive that you need. And if you're gonna do this thing that you wanna do for the rest of your life.
2: Mitchell, would you agree? The hustle never stops? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. No.
1: Even when you try.
2: Yeah, at least Even when you try, I have a day job, but this is what I do when I'm not working my day job. And I find if I have free time to myself and I'm not doing anything, I get anxious. Mm. Like, Oh yeah. shit, I should be doing X, Y, and Z. Like I have a hard time not doing stuff. Right. Same. I
0: need to be better about that. It sounds like, <laughs> it sounds yeah. like you're only perpetuating it by saying I need to do better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel the same. My wife tells me I'm a workaholic. My friends tell me the same, my family. I, I, I don't know how to sit still. I have a right time with it. It's amazing that I've sat in this car this long. It was, <laughs> it was you guys.
2: That's right. Yeah. Uh, so we're in the Midwest. Dan, you grew up on it. I grew up on it. Power pop. I, power pop yeah. defines a, a lot of the, the sound. I mean, from Cheap Trick on, you have a great power pop song in here, Trouble Times. Yeah, thank you. That is uh, that is about as Midwestern as it gets.
0: Yep, it, it felt right to lead with that. Mm-hmm. It was like you want to, you always, I think the Midwest mentality too is like you come out swinging mm-hmm. on the <laughs> album, right? It's like you come out here, boom, this is going to set the tone for the rest of these tracks. Like, you know we're capable of this. And, um, and so Trouble Times, we led with that, and it's it's definitely in keeping with that, that feel and that energy that we wanted to get people excited about, you know, because... You're in for you're in for a ride on that album. I feel like I mm-hmm. feel like I kind of tried to go in a bunch of different directions that I love and end on a on a high note. But I always feel like if you don't get them in the first couple songs, you're not going to get them.
2: Well, let's talk about those first couple songs because <clears throat> you, you surprised me in a good way with "Run Out of Road." This is like your club song.
0: Yeah, it's four on the floor. Four on the floor. Did yeah. not expect this. Uh, it, you know what? And I wrote it during COVID. <clears throat> and i I wrote it on garage band first and i was just playing around with beats and i found one of those four on the floor beats i'm like i've never done this before and i just took it and then my i i sent that sample to my drummer who made the version that ends up on the on the album Mm -hmm. but you know it kind of came from that simple like let's just get to it you know like get the people moving and Mm -hmm. anytime we play that live it is a, a highlight of the whole show we blow that one out where we'll have extended sax solos and just letting it rip <clears throat> i don't know
1: what four on the floor means
0: <laughs> it, it's just it's just constant dan- like think of you a dance it. beat you okay. know like yeah so it's like boom tss, boom tss, boom tss, that boom, tss, song's a little bit of blue eyed
2: soul too yeah.
0: sure i'll t- yeah i'll take that too yeah i think that's that's a good comparison so
2: <clears throat> speaking of the midwest I mean, you, you put it all out there you're, you're the boy from illinois
0: there's a song in there called boy from Illinois mm-hmm.
2: again, write what you know
0: oh yeah <laughs> for sure it's I mean there's a lot of songs that I feel like speak to directly my experience and this know, like, is kind of
2: a bluesy song which
0: yeah it's like, it's a dirty bluesy song <clears throat> I kind of think of like I mean not quite the same but like when Nick K was doing like Grinder Man stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when it was a little like just filthy mm-hmm. you know but um but had that good beat and that good like you know just that simple a lot of repetitive riff kind of stuff mm-hmm. but yeah no I love Boy From Illinois I mean I what am I, I love my whole album so
2: which a- again it's available now <clears throat> on Bandcamp it is fun times ahead yeah. the, the title track gotta run myself into the ground gotta run the ship until it sinks feel like we just covered that <laughs> got a
0: theme going yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, and again <clears throat> the sax sounds great on this
0: yeah, you know, and that it wasn't initially... That's one where it initially wasn't supposed to be on there. Um The sax wasn't? When we first conceived of the song, it had nothing to do with the saxophone. And that's how great Ellis is, was, mm-hmm. was you know, we heard him on the other tracks. He did, like, three of the five in, in a session or two. Like, he really just knocked them right out. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, two of the five, that's what it was. Um And then, you know, I was like, man, this guy... He just sits so good in the pockets of these songs, and I started thinking, I'm like, can, can we put him on here more? Like, cause he was, you know, really just him. And and to be credit to the whole horn section, uh, Patrick Wright on a trumpet and uh, Will Cooper, who's my bandmate on trombone. Um, so I was like, hey man, could you do something on Fun Times Ahead and make it feel kind of like SNL-y? You know, like oh my god, okay. You know, like let it let it feel like that that fun lead sax that you hear at the beginning of the show and he was like I already know what this is
2: (laughs) that's amazing well you talked about how Run Out of Road is a great song to play for people and that yeah I've got to think this song has the same I mean just the refrain, "Fun times ahead until the day we're dead." I, I can visualize how that translates on stage.
0: It's uh, it gets my every crowd I've ever played with uh, going. Uh, they sing along. I get. I, I basically if they don't sing along, I make them sing along. <laughs> but they uh, no. It's it's a it's just a good kind of anthemic chorus, mm-hmm. and uh, frequently we close with that. So we again we, we let it rip, and and uh, last time we played a gig. Actually had uh, two saxophone players because we had just came from the Rialto doing a big mm-hmm. Irish thing. Um, uh, Tim Plaker puts on this this like um, kind of variety show kind of thing that we were part of. But then we did the after party, so we had two sax players. We we turned that song into like a 12 minute song. It was insane. <laughs> it was it was amazing, but it was like I don't think I've ever played this for this long. <laughs> it became your cashmere. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I love that. So <clears throat> the last album. Was on vinyl.
0: Mm-hmm. Are, are you going vinyl with this one? I am, but it's going to probably... Supply,
2: supply chain issues? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: it's probably going to take longer and supply be more expensive. I So I looked into it a couple months ago, I, knowing that, you know, like I was trying to prep for this. Right. And, you know, when the first album came out, I was already like, oh, man, it takes like 12 weeks to, to turn around, you know, to get the... 12 weeks. That's nothing. That's nothing. By good. modern standards, yeah. Now it's like 6 to 12 months. Wow. And in some cases, uh, the cost goes up too. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jack White actually—I um, don't know if you saw that video. I posted that thing. He he called out all the major labels and was like, "Look, I've got people constantly messaging me, yeah. asking to take the uh, the overload of, of what they can't do." And he's like, "And I'm just running this. I, I'm me. Like it's right. You know, it's owner operator right here." You got these huge labels who who uh, aren't doing that, but they are. Pressing more records than ever, like there, that was their right. that was the pivot during COVID. Was can't do shows, we're gonna sell merchandise. Right, and what are we gonna sell? We're gonna sell vinyl. So, um, you know, not to knock them, but like you know, Taylor Swift's gonna pull more weight than I'm going to. Of course, and and she's gonna make her record before everyone else gets to. Um, sorry, Tay Tay, I love you, but I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying you get you get first dibs. I I do not. <laughs> um, so it's gonna probably take a little longer, but I am pretty determined because. Good. I love vinyl. Um, I specifically got artwork for the vinyl that, you know, was from artists that I love. Uh, the guy who did the cover, Chuck Pavoni. Love the cover. It's awesome. My friend Ellie Cantarella did the typography for it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do some art for the back and of course for, sure. the, you know, because I gotta, I gotta throw it down too. Um, I love doing the whole. I love doing it up, like having the download card and the mm-hmm. and the lyric sheet and all the and like the fun labels and like. Last time my drummer Beth, uh, Brett Figueroa did the uh the design for the labels on the on the actual vinyl. So it's like I just love that stuff too much to not do it.
2: <clears throat> Mitchell, are you a vinyl collector or is that not your thing? Mm-mm.
1: Nope.
2: All right, so father-in-law
1: then, is, but not me. All
2: right. So then for Dan Doherty's new album go listen on Bandcamp. Yeah. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> so tell your father-in-law in right. 6 to 12 months. Yeah. <laughs>
0: He and I have yeah. to talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll trade him for food.
1: Right. <laughs> well, all too well. So the, the rumor is, I was told all too well, what used to be a record shop. Oh, really? really? So I... it was before it was Subway. There was something else before that. But you know, this people in the neighborhood, you know, they know everything about the neighborhood. Yeah, right? of course. And they knew what the bank was before that. They knew what everything was before that. Hmm. And so they, you know, they, somebody told me that that was a record shop, and I asked somebody else. It's like, yeah, I forgot about that. It used to be a record shop. Wow. And I never had records. I'm CD kid. Yeah, right? of course. I barely only had one tape. I had one crisscross tape. And that was that was it, I think. Did it make you jump? And I, yeah. <laughs> and I think then it went right into CDs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had CDs. And so for this, I got I had that same Marshall speaker over at All Too Well that you saw that. Okay, yeah. So I just got It's kind of like our trademark thing. We'll, everywhere we go, we'll, we'll have those Marshall speakers. Um, I immediately noticed it when I right. it, I was like, this is the first thing I noticed. <laughs> so I got like... I think four or five of like some of my favorite CDs of all time, and I put them up, I put them right next to the one and in oh, all too well to kind of represent it. it used to be a record store, not d- a record. I had no though. idea, and I was gonna I go even. buy records, and I'm like, what? I'm, I'm not, I've never owned a record. This is fake, so I just didn't do it. I went CDs instead.
0: <laughs> well, CDs are actually making a comeback, and I think cassettes because are too. because of the supply chain issues. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like this is all we can get. <laughs> it's, it's, I
2: was at Reckless yesterday, and even like their cheapo CDs were like three bucks a piece.
0: Yeah. It's, 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 I don't know where the end in sight is either. Um, no. and that goes also, that bleeds over into my comic and kids book stuff too. I mean, all that stuff is delayed or, oh, I bet. or the price got went up like, you know, 10, 15%. It's, it's, it's hurting everybody. And a lot of times people, you know, even if they have the supply, it's the chain too. And the, the, their books will be sitting on a boat for six months when they could have mm-hmm. if, just because they couldn't get the the dock that they wanted, you know, or whatever.
1: Those oh, CDs were cheap. These I had to rebuy them. Obviously, Jeez. Mm-hmm. could have went home and got them, but I didn't really go home. But you know, I picked like the five like most important to me. Like, growing up, but they were like twenty bucks each. What are
2: they? Yeah, come on, yeah. I mean, you, you can't you can't float enough. that out there without telling us what they are. Oh,
0: was it Crisscross?
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> that was a tape.
0: Okay, that was the tape.
1: Uh, <clears throat> one of Kanye's albums, okay. Nirvana.
0: Which Nirvana? Never mind. Or in utero.
1: Never mind. Or okay.
0: unplugged in New York. Or Unplugged in New York. Which
1: I think is an enduring testament to um, the band. It is great. The mm-hmm. Wu-Tang album. Liquid Entered Swords. Events.
0: Oh, okay, Liquid Swords. Just as Liquid Swords. Okay.
1: Stevie Ray Vaughan's Greatest Hits.
0: Okay. Oh, shit, I don't remember what the
1: other That's, one was. Can't go wrong with Stevie Ray.
2: No, and Double Trouble.
0: That was Trouble. Four, right? I don't, that was, the, I don't remember what the other one was. Uh, unless we want to count Crisscross. I know <laughs> <laughs> it's a cassette. I know it's a cassette, but... It <laughs> counts, but <work, laughs> yeah, you know? I don't
1: remember. I think there was another one, but I don't remember what it is.
2: All right, so in summary... We've been eating, really, just amazingly delicious food from Yvette's for the past—I don't know how long. I, I've I blacked really, that several times. <laughs> I've really enjoyed this food. Thank you, Mitchell. This mm-hmm. is thank you, really. Yep, th- this
0: is fantastic. And again, I don't think it's what people would expect.
2: No, it's better. It's,
0: it's yeah. It, I don't think I've ever tasted anything as as uniquely delicious as this. Well, and this you. euro
2: just tasted so much more vibrant than you'd get at, you know, any of the millions of Chicago Euro places.
0: Mm. And now I kind of want to come here during the daytime and check out all too well just to see what you guys
2: have. do. a little grab uh, and go. Yeah. Grab a sandwich. A grab a sandwich and
0: yeah.
2: go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've been eating at events. Uh, you can go to events. You can go to all too well in Lincoln Park over here. Maybe, you know, back time, some, allow yourself some time before a Park West show or before mm. going to the zoo or just wandering Lincoln Park, obviously this area, you know, in the summertime, go walk it through Oz Park. Start over here. Go for the long walk. Bring a sandwich with mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Get a cold beverage. Bring two. It's bring two. Uh, you are Dan Doherty. Dan almost a <laughs> Dan <Don't laughs> to, Jesus. You are Dan Doherty. I'm, I'm returning <laughs> <I don't. laughs> Uh The new album <clears throat> is available on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Proceeds. All the proceeds are, are going to help. Ellis Wright. Ellis Wright. Yeah. Bandmate, musician, Good human being.
0: Guy guys, It has a
2: killer smile, too. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, sold. You see okay. some photos of him, mm-hmm. you're
0: like, geez, look at that
2: smile. Fun, fun Times Ahead is the new album from Dan Doherty. Go to Bandcamp, buy it, and get some good music that is yours forever. And you can support Ellis, which... It's win-win. Win-win. All right. Gentlemen, thank you for doing this. Thanks for hanging out thank on Lincoln you. Avenue. I, I realized at one point, maybe 20 minutes ago, the windows oh, started we were, to steam we were over. We were fogged
0: in. Yeah, it was a Titanic moment. It was great. I, I was going to put my hand on <laughs> the glass. Like Everything started,
2: and now it's too warm because I turned on the defrost. But I was that's when the police come, is when yeah. we're sitting here on the street and the windows right. are completely fogged over and you can't look in.
0: I'm like, I'm, I, I better. I'm report. drawing you both like one of my French girls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.